Making well, if it a is a burglar, we're going to catch it live on air. On audio now. There we go. Hopefully Maybe that's how we get our Netflix special. Maybe it is. scary girl hey everybody hi everyone i'm stephanie (laughs) and i'm sarah and this is episode 54 of dead Dead time stories with a z just us this time no teresa girlfriend just us squirrel friends here to tell you some stories before you go to bed or i don't know whatever i don't know when you listen i don't know your life i don't know your life if you want to email us tell us about your life we'll listen to it we're a little sassy today we've been you know getting on our i've been drinking i've been drinking Uh, uh, i love to do that too yeah i'm like i've been drinking drinking. that's me right now um yeah we're getting our sips on we just did a great episode with Teresa. we both have other shit we still have to do today let's Get it going. Yeah, I guess. Let's get we'll it dive popping. Right in, dive right into it, I guess. Do we have a... Divity, divity, dive right into it. Do we have a promo? Do we want to do we that before or after the intro? have a promo. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Let's Not that it it's up. like rude. Let's just do this. Let's you know do what? Let's, let's, let's just fucking mm, fuck, fuck. fuck up yeah, this whole let's episode. Just fucking do it. Again, we're getting your money now, so like, <laughs> fuck effort. Money. God, I hope you still like us. We're, we've changed. <laughs> <laughs> the money's gone to our head. <laughs> we're changed people. Oh no. Oh no. Sarah, who are we promoing this Leave week? Leave us a review and tell us you still like us, please. Um, we are promoing a podcast called Scary Talk. Ooh. Ooh. Scary so, Talk. Take a listen. Or abducted by aliens and then they could be alien. Alien face. Alien. An alien selfie. Be extraterrestrial. To me, that screams aliens. And it had an alien head on alien eyes. Be aliens. They're here, bitch. Do you think yeah. the aliens heard about Brexit? <laughs> do you think that's going to affect where they do their crop circles? I, I think so. Scary Talk. Join Andre and Shannon for our conversation on all things paranormal every Monday. Find Scary Talk on all podcast listening platforms. All right, what you got for this one? Why do I always have to have something? Well, Ew, scary Ew. talk. Ew. I don't know. You started it, and I feel like we have to build off of it. I now. did it like the one time, and then you were like, "What are you doing this time?" And I'm like, "I don't. What am I supposed to do?" Well, it's on and you. You, now. you were like, "Thanks, I hate it," and yet you still ask yeah, me to do it. Thanks, I hate it. Um, so go check them out real fast before we get into it. I know I posted this all on our patreon exclusive facebook page but i just watched this documentary on netflix called the haunt and i swear to god you have got to watch it and it's about people who run like it's haunted about houses ha- and yes shit, right? so it kind of focuses on like three haunted houses but it also focuses on people who run haunts they call them haunts anywhere from like one guy has it in like his parents front driveway and it's like a big neighborhood thing to McCamey Manor. And they follow McCamey Manor yeah. through a lot. I'm sure. It's insane to watch. It's like an hour and a half. It's super worth watching. Go check it out. It's called The Haunt on Netflix. It also follows like really well-known in the haunting community actors, like scare actors, to the point where I'm like, oh, fuck, that sounds like so much fun. I want to do that. I want to be a scare actor. 
Like, I kind of did it at Zombie, and that was a rush. It is so much fun. So it's a great documentary. I wanted to tell it, give a shout-out on the podcast um, if you have a chance. It is on Netflix. It is called The Haunt. Very interesting, and it does give you some disturbing footage about McKamey Manor and, like, one-on-one interviews I'm with him and his wife. I'm to find the episode where we talked about McKamey Manor. Oh, uh, what is it called? Oh, my gosh. McKamey Manor, which you may remember from episode 11, Not Today, Snakin'. Oh, wow. It was that early on? I know. I feel it was like a it long wasn't time that ago. long ago. I know. That's what I thought, too. That's why I was having wow. such trouble finding it. But McKamey Manor, yes, is in this documentary, and that is an example of a crazy dude who runs a fucking horrible, yeah, scary so haunted house or whatever. I remember you telling the story in the episode, and then I went and watched this documentary, and it just, it, it was something else watching, like, this documentary filmed some of the events that you talked about where they were like kicked out of where they were. They had to move locations. It talks about and follows him and his wife and a neighbor of theirs who he like talked his neighbor into going through it three times. And he's got the footage of her like it's kind of distressing. Yeah. Her just like screaming, wanting to be let out, like just the fear in her eyes. It's yeah, and, it's super interesting. And Go talk, check it out. And they talked to him on another Netflix documentary show called Dark Tourist. Is it Dark Tourist or Dark Tourism? That's what you. But yeah, that that's was what yeah. You that was how I had initially heard about it. So that's another Netflix documentary show that you can watch where they talk to this fucking crazy dude. Yeah. So go check it out. It's uh, really interesting. I definitely hour and a half worth of my time that I felt. Is it episodes well. or is it no? One it's one documentary. documentary. Okay. It's one long documentary. Well, good yep. To know. And that's it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Stephanie, okay, Sarah, y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Who's going first? Uh, I think I am. Because you said yours is like a list. Mine's like a list of information. Mine's folklore. Mine's a chronological. I'm going to talk about somebody you all know if you're a fan of the macabre. Macabre? The macabre. Macabre. Uh, <clears throat> little bits and pieces about a, a popular gentleman and. In many parts, but these here parts, the Baltimore parts, uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Edgar Allan Poe today. Aww. We also mentioned him in the last episode. Well, no, not the last episode. That was the one with Teresa. We mentioned him in the one I did before about the General Wayne Inn. Because, because he stayed there. He stayed there and he um, carved his initials into a windowsill yes. and thought that being a vandal was cool. So, so Edgar Allan Poe actually. Tell us about the known um, vandal, Edgar Allan Poe. He died on my birthday. Aww. Um, many years before I was born, <laughs> but it happened. But he was born on January 19th in Boston. He's very popular. I feel like he's popular everywhere, but I feel like I've lived in a lot of places where he's popular. Like He's yeah. popular in Philly because yep. he, he spent time here, and he spent time in Baltimore, and he spent time in Boston. That's where he's from. So people are into him in all of those areas, but people are into him in general. All over the place. You know what, though? He's good. His parents separated. Uh, he lived with Elizabeth Poe. That was his mother. And she was an actress, which if you've done theater or been in theater for a long time and know anything about theater history, what they will tell you is that during that time, actresses were considered on the same level as like sex workers, which um, sex workers, you know, sex work is work. Girl, I'll argue about it all day. Yeah. But women who were on the stage were considered like on the same level as like women who were in the streets. Like it was a very scandalous uh, job. And he apparently would like go, she would like take him to the theater like when she was working and stuff and she was performing and he would like watch these shows. 
And I'm trying to remember if she was in Romeo and Juliet. There was some show that she was in, right, that she did the show over and over and over again where she died. And mm-hmm. he would, like, watch his mom die. Watch his mom die. On stage, like, over and over and over again. Uh, and then she actually died when he was, like, two oh. years old, his biological mother. Oh. <laughs> so he <laughs> so was, was like, oh, really no. young. He was very little, right? He was, like, a baby. So I was, like, subconsciously put no, in his he, mind. And that is a recurring theme in Edgar Allan Poe's life is the women Death. in his life dying. Oh, Not yeah. just dying, right, but, like, yeah. the women in his life dying. Oh. But his birth mother died when he was, like, two. And then he was adopted by Mr. and Mrs. John Allen, which is, that's where he got the middle name that he takes in, but Poe is his mother's last name. And I believe that Mrs. Allen was a friend of his mother's, which is why they took him in, but he, and he had a very good relationship with her, um, but a very tumultuous, like, rough relationship with Mr. Allen. Did you, you might have mentioned this, what happened to his father? Um, his father was never really in the picture. They separated the picture. when okay. he was like very little, when he was like born. Okay. A little perspective too. So Charles Dickens was born February seventh, eighteen twelve, when Edgar Allan Poe was three years old. Huh. Charles Dickens is a good opposite of Edgar Allan Poe, even though Edgar Allan Poe really respected his work and really liked him a lot. Edgar Allan Poe. Even though we all know him now and a lot of his writings was hardly ever recognized for any of his work, didn't make any money. Whereas Charles Dickens was very celebrated, um, very well known for his literature, and they were alive around the same time. So I always think of them as like kind of polar opposites of each other, especially like Charles Dickens. A lot of his stories are very like they'll, they'll have sadness in them, but there's a lot of happy endings and a lot of like. You know, people think of yeah. Like, I feel like they all typically end warm and fuzzy, right? And Edgar Allan Poe stuff is all do like not. dark and sad. They they do not end up like that. So I always think of them kind of like around the same kind of like idea. But he went to school in England when he was little. He was shipped off uh, when he was like five, sent to England to go to school, and. He came back to the United States when he was 11, so six years later in 1820, to come finish his schooling back in the States. When he was 14 years old, Edgar attended the Academy of William Burke, and he was actually really good in athletics. The picture of him, that really famous picture of him that people always think of, like of him being very gaunt and like having those bags under his eyes, that picture, it looking that way, had a lot to do with the exposure of how photography worked back then. Mm-hmm. And Edgar Allan Poe was actually a very, like, athletic, very, like, healthy guy. Um, a lot of people know he was actually allergic to alcohol, which we'll get to. <laughs> but he didn't drink. He smoked some opium. Like, that dude liked to yeah. smoke it up. He still but, partied. But he was very, like, he didn't drink. He was very healthy, athletic dude. But the picture that people, like, know of him is him looking very, like, yeah. gaunt and, like, creepy. Very sickly. But that actually had a lot to do with, like, pictures were expensive back then, so there aren't a lot of photographs of Edgar Allan Poe. But that also had to do with the nature of how that photography worked. Of course. Um, so okay. he, he's known for looking, like, gaunt and creepy, but he was actually, like, a healthy dude. <laughs> so... In 1825, when he was 16 years old, John Allen, the guy who was his adoptive father, inherited inherited a ton of money when his uncle died. And John Allen was like, just so you know, like, you're not getting any of this uh, fucking money. Like, don't anticipate uh, this. You're not my real child. You, wow. Oh, okay. yeah, no, he was a fucked up dude. New family who dis. So... 
he when he was 17 he went to school in uh virginia and he started just going by edgar poe like he wasn't yeah. even using the allen because he was like fuck that fuck dude them. and he ended up having to drop out of school a year later because john allen wouldn't give him any more money to go to school Aww. so he had to drop out i know <laughs> I know, poor, poor Eddie. Damn. Um, he wrote and print his printed his first book, Tamerlane and other poems, but he couldn't support himself with his writing or anything, so he joined the army, which <laughs> that's what you do. Yep. When you don't have any money, uh, and he did really well in the army. Actually, he was a sergeant major, and he returned home when Mrs. Allen died. So mm-hmm. she died when he was 20 years old. So he'd only been in the military for about a year, but he was doing really well. Yeah. Poe and John Allen temporary re- temporarily reconciled their differences. And Poe applied to go to West Point, which is a very well-renowned yeah. military school. And John Allen at that time was like, okay, I'll sponsor you to, to go to school. Well, he really fucking hated it there, and he wanted to continue writing, and he was going through a lot with John Allen. So just a few years later, when he was 22, he deliberately got kicked out of West Point. Oh, wow. What'd he do? Um, He just, like, was really, like, wouldn't go to classes. or just kind of, like, a pain in the ass, was insubordinate, that kind of stuff. So they would kick him out. And he knew he wanted to write, so he submitted a number of stories to magazines, but they were all rejected. Like, Aww. nobody wanted any of his writing. Any of his dark-ass shit? Yeah. He sent a letter in 1833 when he was 24. He sent a letter to John Allen asking for help, which was ignored. And John Allen died the next year and left <gasps> Edgar nothing. <laughs> what? Yes, left nothing? nothing. Left nothing in his will. Oh, my God. What an ass. Yeah. So wow. two years, I know. Like the wow, I know. John, it's poor Edgar. Like Edgar with you so feel much so shit. bad for him. And uh, no wonder he was so tormented. And it's really yeah, like he's tormented. All the women in his life he loved. I'm pretty sure all of them died of tuberculosis as well. At least two Aww. out of the three main important women in his life that he loved died of tuberculosis. Yeah. I know his actual mother, and we'll talk about his child bride cousin wife. <laughs> Who also died of tuberculosis. So he won a contest for the manuscript found in a bottle, which which is the name of a piece that he wrote. And because of the contest, Poe was finally able to get a job writing when he was 26 years old. Okay. He married his cousin, Virginia, when he was 27. She was 13. (gasps) Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Two years later, Poe writes uh, Legia, which is like a... like Legia, yep. yeah. And a year after that, he wrote The Fall of the House of Usher, Tales of the Grotesque and, Ab- and Arabesque. Poe's first volumes of short stories were published when he was 30, but he received no money from the yeah. publisher at all. Uh, Louis Daguerre invented the dagger type and photography is born. That was the same year. So that was just when photography was coming up before that picture got taken. So photography was still like a very new thing back at that time. And it was not flattering. Mm In 1841, when he was 32, he wrote Murders in the Rue Morgue. When he, the next year, Virginia, which was his wife, she broke a blood vessel while playing the piano and How hard was she playing? Girl. <laughs> she had all sorts of situations going on. Goodness. Uh, the next year, he won a $100 prize for The Gold Bug, which was a, a short that he wrote. He moved back to New York when he was 35. He wrote 
a number of things at that time. The balloon hoax, the purloined letter. He wrote The Raven. He was working 14-hour days, but he still couldn't make a living, which, mm. girl, tell we me about it. We know that struggle. Right. In 1846, when he was 37, he wrote The Philosophy of Composition. He sued another paper for libel and won and uh, was awarded $225. Wow, that's a lot of money. Back then, yes. In 1847, when he was 38 years old, uh, that is when his wife, Virginia, died of tuberculosis. Hmm. So they had been married for 11 years at that point, and she would have been... She would have been a whole 24 years old. Right, I was going to have trying to do the math, because Ripe he was 20. Seven and she was 13 when they got married. Mm-hmm. So he's 14 years older than her. So if he was 38 when she died, she was 24. Yeah. She died of tuberculosis, just like his mom. Jeez. Yeah, girl. And in 1848, when he was 39, he wrote The Poetic Principle. This was the same time that Karl Marx wrote The Communist Manifesto. Okay. And The California Gold Rush began. And then it was a steep, quick decline (laughs) for Edgar Allan Poe. Because in 1849, he was 40 years old. June 30th, he left New York and visited John Starton in Philadelphia. July 13th, he goes to Richmond and he stays at the Swan Tavern. Poe joins the Sons of Temperance in an effort to stop drinking, which it was making him fucking ill. Poe lectures on the poetic principle. September 27th, Poe leaves Richmond and goes back to Philadelphia. September 30th, Poe apparently gets on the wrong train and goes to Baltimore. October 3rd, Poe is found half-conscious and taken to the hospital. Um, So I don't... And I remember... I'm trying to remember what his last words were. I'll Google those in a second because, like, he woke up and screamed. He was crazy. I don't... How have you not heard any of this? You worked in the Poe house. No, I was like... There's... No, a a lot of it I've I've heard. Yeah, so... So then the story around his death is that there was a lot of election fraud at the time. And like I said, he didn't really drink so because it made him really ill yeah. and he had a very low tolerance for it. So apparently people say that he was drugged and then they gave him a lot of alcohol, so they boozed him up, and they took him around to commit election fraud, which he was not because he was at a ground point. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. He was just some guy that they found because he was lost in Baltimore. And they were like, hey, buddy, like, come hang out with us. Have a drink. We're going to like chill. It's going to be whatever. Um, got him really drunk, and they were just taking him to all these different booths and having uh, different like polling locations mm-hmm. and having him like vote for this candidate that they wanted him to vote for. I don't remember which candidate it was because it's not like I know who the president was at that time anyway. Sure. But then they he got really fucking ill, and they just left him on a bench to die. Like they just left him there, and he was found, um, you know, unconscious and sick on this bench, and they took him to the hospital, and he was in a coma. Um, for four days. Wow. And so he was unconscious. He was in a coma for four days. And he didn't, you know, he's really disoriented. He didn't know what happened to him. And it's said that he woke up out of his coma and just said, Lord, help my poor soul. And then he immediately died. And he died. Cool. And that was on October 7th, 1849. Pardon. And I was born October 7th, 1987. So... Are you Poe reincarnated? Sure. Lord help my soul. Lord help my poor soul. Poor soul. That's so sad. he was a troubled, tortured man who watched yeah. a lot of women he loved die of tuberculosis. Wrote a lot of really cool stories, but didn't get any recognition for them until after didn't he died. Didn't make really any money, right? Wasn't famous at all. Everything was Married his 13-year-old cousin who yeah. also died of tuberculosis. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, so uh, that's our good man. Sad. Eddie AP. Eddie AP. Sarah, what are you talking about this R. week? R.I.P. Eddie A.P. R.I.P. Eddie A.P. Nice. Um, all right, so what I'm talking about this week is a good old-fashioned folklore legend. Love it. And this is going to be taking us on down to good old Abbeville, Alabama. And this is going to be the Fuck legend. Fuck Alabama right I now. I'm I sorry. Know. Go ahead. I know. And I was like, should I still do this story? And I'm like, yeah, because it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. But fuck Alabama. But like, yeah, Alabama's real backwards. In Abbeville, though, you have the legend of Huggin' Molly. And Huggin' Molly, her legend has been passed down for generations. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that legend. Okay. Have you heard? You haven't heard of it? I, I hadn't heard of it either. Never heard of Huggin' cool. Molly. So... I mean, here's a passage I took. That's what you do when you take Molly. You start hugging. You start hugging people. Sure. All right. I've never taken. I've never Molly. taken it. This, from what I I've understand, I've never taken Molly. We haven't taken. Have you taken Molly? Email I us. Molly is like what ecstasy used to be. It's now Molly, and I took ecstasy before. I don't know. I thought they were two. It's been a long things. time. Anyway, I was an adventurous young woman. I'm a grown ass woman now in my 30s i don't not as adventurous i was gonna say we're doing lsd next week i was like if i do molly it's like calculated i told val about swimming in the pool full of hair oh my god i couldn't right? i had to get I out where i was like it's just i was coming around i was like is this pool full of hair yes and i was like i looked at sarah and i was like is this pool full of hair and sarah was like yes yes, <laughs> yes it has hair all that's why, in I'm, it. That's why i got out I'm of the pool i'm getting out of the pool it's full of hair <laughs> Anyways, back to the Huggin' Molly. A uh, two Huggin' Molly, not the Huggin' Molly, which is a restaurant named after the legend. We'll get to that. Oh, wow. Cool. I'm excited. Um, so, on a cold, dark, rainy night, when even street lights won't burn and the striking of a match refuses to yield the tiniest flame, on nights like this, Huggin' Molly comes out of her lair and roams the streets of Abbeville to see whom she can find. It's cold. She wants to snug. I mean, yeah, she wants to hug. Uh, so stories vary on her origin, much like, um, you know, other folklore. Ghosts, sure. So one said that she was a professor at the local agriculture school who okay. was always doomed to roam the streets in an effort to keep the kids off of them at night for their safety. <laughs> okay. Um, another story said that she was a local witch who wandered the streets on nights so dark and cold everyone should be inside that if she came across someone on her walk, she would hug them to death. Oh, no. And then the main one that goes across is that she was a woman who was dealing with the death of her child and being unable to cope with this death. She wandered the streets at night looking for children who were out past their curfew and she would hug them. To death or just in general? Uh, it's if, okay, 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 it okay, okay, okay. You don't want to get a hug from right, her. It's not good. Okay, you, like, you don't want the hug. Usually hugs are good, but this one you're like, no, th you know, no thank you. Like gotcha. I don't like personal touching. But no matter the origin, the legend of Hug and Molly goes that Hug and Molly is seven feet tall and she wears a black hooded robe. She roams the streets after dark in search of any children or teens who might be out past their curfew. Okay. And if you are out past your curfew, you better pray that she doesn't find you. Because if she catches you, she'll wrap you up in a big hug, pull you real close, and scream right into your ear. Oh, God! And if you're lucky, she'll let you go. But she might just decide to keep you. She's like 
that bitch on the elevator. So that's Hugging Molly. Oh my God, I hate her. Um, like most legends, this folklore was designed to scare children into obedience. Sure, like La Llorona. Exactly like La, La Llorona. Um, because we talked about in episode 10. Scaring children into obeying you is always the best way yeah. to teach your children. I grew up in a Southern household, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly how my parents parented. Because I have a huge fear of authority. Huge talk about it in therapy i have a different perspective on the pied piper as an adult than i did as a child oh yeah yeah because the whole reason they came back for their kids is because they didn't pay him yeah they were like fault. take the rats away and he was like got it and he came and took the rats away and he was like y'all owe me for taking away the rats and they're like jk you should have gotten you paid should. up front fool he was like that's you. cool then i'm, I'm gonna, gonna take, take your kids. fucking children and they're like and kids I'm you like, better behave i'm like y'all that's not about your kids behaving you should have paid your fucking bill well, this one is like, well, you know, if you're out past dark, right, she's yeah, going to get gonna you. She's going to come hug you to death. However, it has been, you know, quite effective with many residents to this day still saying that they have their own personal Molly accounts. Oh, shit. And not just, you know, Not just when the they drug. did MDMA, right? Yeah, exactly. One that I came across in multiple websites, I was like, okay, cool, I'll just talk about this one. There's a guy named Mark Gregory, and he tells the story of his encounter. And according to him, he was walking home from a friend's house one night, and he realized he was being followed. And when he turned around and he looked, he saw that it was like, just a very tall, dark figure, but it was like just out of sight, out of reach under a lamplight, like far enough away where he could make it out, but not close enough yeah. to see anything distinctive. And he kept walking back home and he would turn around and notice that the figure was still there. And if he would increase his pace, the figure would keep up with him. If he would slow down, the figure would also slow down. So it was oh. keeping pace with him. So once he got within eyesight about three blocks from his house, he just decided to sprint, it, like yeah. just book it home. And he ran home. He flew up the steps of his porch. He opened the door. He got inside and he closed the door behind him. And this fucker had balls because then he chose to look out the window. Yeah, fuck that. And he says that he saw the figure come by go right by his house slowly but not even turn not even look at it just keep going by almost like it was still searching to find someone else to hug and there are a handful of other stories of people in Abbeville Alabama who will say that they have seen a dark hooded figure when they have been out on the streets at night past curfew past dark whatever Um, and it is still a story told to children to keep them in line and there is a restaurant in downtown Abbeville, Alabama called Huggin' Molly's and they're working on keeping this legend alive as well as serving delicious diner food. Margs and apps. Mar- uh, Molly's and apps. Molly's, Margs and apps. Molly's, Margs and apps. Apparently they have a Molly's cheeseburger complete with come home sauce. Shut up. So... <laughs> I'm also so, like, mm, that's I don't know the if story I want anything called come home sauce. Hug and Molly. I don't think and I don't want any kind of sauce that has the word come in it. Mm, yeah, no, I wouldn't want that. Basically, either. is where I'm getting that. So that's Hug and Molly. And I found the Hug and Molly story because I specifically was like, you know what? I want to find another screaming ghost lady story. And I found a few. You love the horrible, then, scary, screaming ghost ladies. Oh, but it's the scariest thing. I feel like still to this we're day, I was like, like that's oh the God, thing that we're so just like, scary. holy fuck. That's so scary. And I found some really scary ones. And then I found this one where I was like, I just find it so funny to think that you're out. And then all of a sudden this woman comes and envelops you in a hug. And then it's just and like. And then screams. Ah! 
<laughs> like right in your ear. That's horrifying. We're just like, what the fuck, lady? Um, so I'll maybe have more screaming lady stories, but they'll be heavier than this one. But be careful. Don't go out on the streets late at night because Hug and Molly might be out. Looking to hold you tight. Hug and Molly might be walking above us right now. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Seven stomping feet Molly. tall. Stomping Molly. Gonna stomp all over you. Like it's her own fucking house or something. It is. It's but like house. also like it's their stop. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. I know this is Two a little, is a short a episode. baby episode. This is a baby episode, but that's cool because we had a good episode with Teresa. Get ready because next week and by next week I mean this weekend is the live stream. It is. Yeah, this weekend is. is our oh, first live stream. It. It's our first live Sunday. stream, guys. So please tune in if. You donate at least $1 a month. And I mean, come on, if you don't donate at least $1 a month, what are you doing? Who are you? Who are you? Come donate. Join our Facebook exclusive Patreon page. I might have gotten that backwards. But we will be live streaming. You can interact with us. You can ask us questions. We'll be talking right before we start recording. Yeah, so that's really episodes. cool. So yeah, and the only way that you have access to that live stream is by going to our Patreon and subscribing for at least $1 a month. That gets you access to the Facebook group where we do the live streams from. And of course, $5 a month gets you bonus content and $15 a month gets you as a member of the Faint Flatulence Collection. It is a collectible set that we send out every month. It is a little tiny ghost fart and it's just for you and it's in a jar and a little story about where the ghost fart came from. And yeah, I like to say it is the story Sarah is already making a face. I know what you're going to say. Just say it. It's a story of the remains left behind by the behinds remains. (laughs) She's been working on that for a while, it you guys. She's real proud of it. But yeah, uh, Ghost Fart in a Jar, $15 a month. But Check it out. If you don't have the money, of course, you can still support us by giving us five-star reviews on iTunes, on Facebook, on all the places where it's available, where it's an option, wherever you listen to us. Yes. If you want to tell us your stories, if you want to reach out to us, if you have comments, questions, concerns, of course, you can do that by emailing us at deadtimestories with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, deadtimestories, all one word. Guys, and- we are like 10 followers away from hitting 500 on our Instagram, and I am 12. trying to... I just like, we're at five, we're at 488. Oh, we lost some. Did we? I thought we were at 490. We were at 493, and then we lost some, oh, but of course shit. they're bots, so... Bitch. Somebody be quit. But for real, guys, yes, we're like, at 489. Oh, we lost more. All right, please go tell your friends, please. Please come oh God, follow don't, our Instagram. And don't unfollow us, you bitch. Hopefully by this point in time that you're listening to this episode, we we'll will be at over 500 followers. followers. Be but cool? please tell, tell your, your friends. friends tell, tell your, your family. Tell your wife. Um, tell them about our show. To watch Dead Times. Watch. Listen, Listen to, to Dead Times Stories. Uh, and thank you guys be sure to tune in next week be sure to check out the Facebook Patreon exclusive page if you are on there for the live stream we'll be posting more info about time and stuff on that when we get closer to that date and yeah thank you guys so much thank you so much for listening I'm Stephanie and I'm Sarah and this has been Dead Time Stories Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 